You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss The Fast and the Furious, which came out 20 years ago in 2001. Let's go for a little ride. It was directed by Rob Cohen. It stars Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Ted Levine, Rick Yoon, Chad Lingberg, Johnny Strong, Matt Schultz, Ja Rule, Vito Rajunis, Noel Guglielmi, and Tom Barry. The genre would be car racing drama action thriller. Not too long into rewatching the original film, which started this vaunted franchise, I was immediately reminded that this wasn't actually the original. No, that would have been Point Break, which came out 10 years prior to this. Story beat for story beat, they are virtually the same movie. I remember even noticing this while first seeing this in theaters 20 years ago. It was pretty clear that Paul Walker's Brian was supposed to be Johnny Utah. I am an FBI agent! While Vin Diesel's Dom was supposed to be Bodie. Towards the end of the film, I even remember whispering to my friend who I was seeing this with and who wasn't enjoying it nearly as much as I was. Wow, let's see if they take this all the way with him letting Dom free and tossing away his badge in the end. And sure enough, that happened. Rob Cohen directed this, but was also a longtime producer, and one of his original producing hits was Saturday Night Fever. As a producer and director, he was all about riding the trends. And Rob Cohen took that even further the following year by directing Vin Diesel in Triple X, a film that is just so 2002, I'm still kind of shocked they couldn't find a way to squeeze in Fred Durst into the cast as a villain. And just for the uninitiated, Fred Durst was the lead singer of Limp Bizkit. Remember them? I'd prefer not to. And this film, Fast and the Furious, was very 2001. Street racing was a big deal on the West Coast. At the time, the soundtrack is filled with new metal and rap metal. Ja Rule has a prominent role. And Hollywood was finally starting to wake up to the fact that blockbusters featuring multi-ethnic casts could make serious bank. It's kind of sad that it took Marvel Studios at least another 16 years to acknowledge that. But is the movie fun? You bet. It's more than just a glossy time capsule or a remake of Point Break. It transcends both of those designations with some genuinely impressive racing and driving sequences and several engaging note-perfect performances from its extended cast. Chad Lindbergh is Jesse. He nails the runty techno whiz who you know just isn't going to make it to the end of the movie. Man, you should be going to MIT or something. Yeah, right. Now, I got that... Oh, what's it called? That attention disorder... Oh, ADD. Yes, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was doing algebra and, like, math and shit. Everything else, I failed. Dropped out of school. I don't know, it's something about engines that, that calms me down. You know? Rick Yoon, he is suitably hulking and menacing as the big bad Johnny Tran. Michelle Rodriguez effectively plays the first of several scowling female sidekicks who she would play up until Avatar when finally a director would allow her to smile. 
Ted Levine plays a spot-on, non-Buffalo Bill version of Ted Levine as Brian slash Paul's superior who tells him what's what when it counts. And then there are the two main leads, the late great Paul Walker and the Don of this particular franchise, Vin Diesel. Now, is the acting coming from either of them Oscar caliber? Not in the slightest. And comparing them to the indelible performances from Swayze and Keanu in the original Point Break, it's not helping matters either. But they're both trying, and they're both delivering all the notes they need to, especially Diesel. I am actually of the opinion that Vin Diesel, at least, used to be a pretty good actor, with definite on-screen charisma. We saw this a year prior to The Fast and the Furious with Boiler Room, and we even saw it a few years later when he starred in Sidney Lumet's very underrated Find Me Guilty. Really good movies, check it out. And in this film, Diesel has several winning moments, especially when he's alone bonding with Walker's Brian. Yes, the scene where he's recalling his father's death and then going into his I live my life a quarter mile at a time spiel, it's cheesy on paper, but it's still a good character-based moment which Diesel as an actor just owns. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all their bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Of course, the biggest highlights are the driving sequences, and they are still damn exciting. It genuinely feels like our principals are in fact driving these cars, and it even really feels like they're going very fast. The standout sequence has to be the highway truck face-off in the third act, when our elusive high-speed hijackers of DVD players are finally getting some pushback from a truck driver who's brandishing a shotgun, all at high speed. The way the camera is able to capture every angle of what's transpiring, four cars and one truck with a hijacker hanging off the front grill, it's honestly, it's pretty awe-inspiring. The stunt work is also next level. And this might even sound blasphemous, but I would say it's almost on the level of the truck chase near the end of Raiders. It's that well done. Now, yes, we can quibble at the ridiculousness of such a high-risk hijacking just for hot DVD players, and many have done that since this movie, but let's not forget, back in 2001, and I can attest to this, DVDs were a pretty big deal. <laughs> so the, f- the filmmaking speaks for itself. Fast and Furious, colon, A New Hope, it still holds up as a NOS-filled blast of entertainment, and with a sequel that gets even nuttier, and which I even like a little better. And that brings us to the categories. The first category is Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Music is essential to film. And as much as I enjoy this film, I have to be honest, I am not a fan of the soundtrack, nor the, the score for the most part. The score is just weirdly overdramatic in parts and distracting in others. Techno Maven BT supervised both the score and the soundtrack. And there was at least one original song of his, which I actually did find pretty cool on rewatch. And that song would be Nocturnal Transmission. It's nicely used when we are first introduced to race wars. Out in the desert, we see all of the kids and their colorful cars gathered around, and it leads to the only time in the film when we see Michelle Rodriguez-Letty race. It's a really fun scene, and Michelle Rodriguez is fun to watch as she smokes past an unworthy opponent wearing her goggle shades as the beats kick in just a bit. Hey, baby. Used to be watching from the side. I wouldn't want to get any exhaust on that pretty face. How about you put your money where your mouth is? Well, how about I race you for that sweet little ass? You want ass, why don't you hit Hollywood Boulevard? You want an adrenaline rush? It'll be too large. Right here, right now. What's it gonna be? 
got it. The next category would be wasted talent, or the most underutilized talent involved with the film. And as far as I'm concerned, you can never have enough Ted Levine. His most notable roles have been in Silence of the Lambs as Jamie Gum slash Buffalo Bill. Very different role for him in many ways. And if you haven't seen that film, well, we'll just leave it at that. And a few years later, he also played Bosco, one of Al Pacino's crew of cops in the movie Heat. And just for the record, anyone who had a prominent role in the movie Heat is someone I will always want to see more of, no matter how small the part. Yep, I'm one of those Heat heads who just never tires of that film, nor talking about it, nor watching it. But anyways, in this film, his Sergeant Tanner feels very much like a continuation of the Bosco character from Heat. And he pretty much grounds the movie. Especially the goofy main plot, which starts everything involving street racers hijacking trucks filled with DVD players. This has gotten the attention of the FBI? Well, he, he grounds it. He makes it sound somewhat conceivable. He has a few nice scenes with Paul Walker as not only his superior, but he's even kind of a father figure to Brian. Well, I know you've been lying to me. My question is this. Have you been lying to yourself because you can't see past Mia? He won't go back to prison. Well, that's a choice he's going to have to make. There's all kinds of family, Brian. And that's a choice you're going to have to make. And honestly, I would have liked more of him. He, he feels like the only real adult in the film. Shockingly, Levine hasn't even returned for any of the myriad of sequels in this franchise since. But you could always use more Ted Levine. And that brings us to the trailer moment. The scene or moment that best describes this film. If you're trying to sell a film to somebody, this is what you want to show them. Now, it's tempting to choose one of the driving sequences, but for me, this has to be the notable exchange between Brian and Dom after their first street race. It perfectly demonstrates the tone that this movie's going for. Walker, he just has the goofiest smile on his face as the crowd sees how totaled his car is, and when Vin asks him why he's smiling, What are you smiling about? He responds, Dude, I almost had you. Which results in the crowd around them erupting. <laughs> But then they erupt even more when Vin, in his pre-gravelly voice days, retorts, You almost had me. You never had me. You never had your car. It's a fun verbal standoff and probably the best dialogue in the film. That's your trailer moment. And that brings us to the final category, the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. And now, even though I'm actually pretty blah on his performances in all the latter sequels, Vin Diesel's performance in this film, it's unassailable. He's charismatic and engaging in a way I don't think I've seen him before or since. He does a strong job with some admittedly cringy dialogue. Ask any racer, any real racer. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Paul Walker is technically playing the protagonist, but Vin just dominates the screen every scene he's in, in a manner that's kind of actually similar to how Swayze dominated Point Break, no less. At the end of the day, this is Vin Diesel's movie. My final rating for this film would be three and a quarter, quarter mile that is, stars out of five. The Fast and the Furious is still a fast and furiously fun time. I've seen most of the films in the franchise, and I would have to say this one is one of the better ones. It's currently streaming on HBO Max, so definitely check it out. 
And that ends another high-performance review. And remember to please subscribe to the Living for the Cinema podcast. Follow and like our Facebook page. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Thank you.